1: What is going on, everybody? Thank you for joining us. A nice Wednesday episode of Dropping the Gloves. Tim, what's going on? Uh, what's up, John? How are you? I'm good. We got some uh, answers yesterday. We had four games going into the two-two round. The most important game of any of these team seasons. It's a it's a deciding game. It's a best-of-three series right now, right? And. We had different circumstances going into every series. The Bruins, Hurricanes. The Bruins are riding a high. They had come back from being down two, rip to tie it up two and two. They're feeling pretty good. They got Johnny Swayman in net. He's kicking and punching and saving. It's great. What is his name? Not Johnny Swayman.
0: Jeremy. 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 See, starts
1: with a J. Then we got the Leafs. And by the Johnny.
0: way, what Ottinger? His name is Jake. Not you, call you him? calling him Jared or something. Yeah,
1: yeah. I should just – who cares? <laughs> With the Leafs and the Lightning, they're going in. It's just a back-and-forth series. They're literally trading punches. No one's been up by more than two games. So we'll see what happens there. And the Blues and the Wild, the same type of scenario where it's just been a back-and-forth. Blues win the first game big. Wild come back and win the next two. The Blues win game four. What are we going to see for game four? And The Kings and the Oilers, same situation. So it's been a very entertaining playoffs. And I've never, in recent memory – known of a night of hockey where you have four game fives with every series being notched up at two apiece. It was a very exciting night of hockey, a lot of just massive implications. And let's just jump right into it with your Boston Bruins. Now you, you're Bruins inside. You, you got the heartbeat of the team. They put the perfection line back together. They bring in Jeremy Swayman. Charlie McAvoy missed game four for Pete's sake. Connor Clifton stepped up and had the night of his life. He played out of his mind. They tied it up at home. They're going back to Carolina. They're feeling good. What do you expect from a Bruins squad going into this game? Like you would have to think they're going to come out with a ton of confidence and then to lay an egg that they do, Tim, what, what happened with the Bruins? Because, they they did not even show up at all it, it was it was a complete no show of a game for them the whole game they were just a step behind well I don't know, you're the insider you were probably in the locker room after the game what were the boys saying to
0: it was hard to watch it was hard to watch and and mcavoy was a last minute like uh dress he flew on his own private plane not his own but they flew him down on a private jet separate from a team last minute so that would have been like a nice boost and a nice burst of energy for those guys to know that they got their best defenseman back one of their best players but they just played terrible they really did from start to finish bergeron arguably the best faceoff guy in the league he's getting out drawn by jordan Stahl. And they got all these players that just aren't doing what they're capable of. The defense does not look great. Derek Forbert's had a great series, by the way. But if he's he's one of your better defensemen, you're not going to do too great. And I think it really – they haven't played great, but I think I'm going to give more credit to Carolina than I am going to, you know, jump on the Bruins for not playing their best because Carolina is playing really, really well. Tony D'Angelo is a force out there. Uh, He looks really good. It's their forecheck. Their forecheck are relentless. They skate so hard. There's so much pressure on the back end. They know the Bruins' defense isn't as strong, and they're taking advantage of it. And they're doing a really good job of stuffing the Bruins in the neutral zone. There's so many plays. They showed it on the broadcast last night of guys like Lazar and Pasternak and Taylor Hall trying to skate through the neutral zone. And they go, wherever they go, they run into two players. It reminds me of the old 1-3-1 uh, that the Lightning used to do 10 years ago where you just stop them. There's nothing to do except maybe dump the puck in if you're able to gain the red line. But if you do that, because of that traffic in the neutral zone, they're, they're getting back quick, and their puck's going back the other way, um, And especially those speedy young defensemen that the Hurricanes have. So they just don't really have an answer for it yet. I hope to make some adjustments heading back to Boston for game six, but they did not look good last night.
1: No, and it's not as passive of a neutral zone as the old New Jersey Devils, Tampa Bay Lightnings of old. They they pressure the demon. They force them to one side. So it's a design trap. It's not where you, you just sit back and let the opposing team come at you. Carolina will angle you in. They force you where they want you to go, and then they just shut you down. There's three guys on the puck. They, they either force you to dump, and like you said, they have a guy back who's going to get the puck, and then away they go, or they turn it over and they're going the other way. We saw Taylor Hall got a turnover rate at the neutrals on the hurricanes went down and scored a couple other turnovers. It's, it's a really good neutrals on Rod Brindamore is a good coach. I don't think he gets the accolades that he should, but he's a, he's a really good coach and they call him Rod the bod. So he, he's got everything going for him. You mentioned Derek Forbert having a, a just a terrific playoffs. How many points do you think he has Tim?
0: Huh. Uh, none. That's not why they have him. Does he yeah, do have any points? Okay. points. But he had, he blocked nine shots in game four. He's playing really good defense. It's reminds me a little bit, and this might be like heresy for Bruin's fans. but the Seidenberg of two thousand eleven just how strongly he was, how big he stepped up in the playoffs. It's not as talented as Seidenberg, but yeah he's he, you don't have Derek forward to put up points that's, that's
1: here's for sure. my my thing with block shots unless they're on the pk even strength block shots you can go you can take it either way it's like you're in your own zone getting shot attempts on you and you have to block them. Maybe that's not a good thing on the PK. I totally understand it, but as a whole, you don't want to have like a million block shots. Cause it means you're in your zone all day, every day. And I don't think Derek Forbert is being matched up versus the other team's top line. I could stand, I could, I could be wrong, but I don't think you're lining Forbert up versus the Aho line. He He's getting third and fourth line minutes. So I like Derek Forbert. He's a good, tough defenseman. But to say he's having a little bit of a stretch, a little bit of a stretch. But just looking at the stats in this series, it's it's obvious the Bruins' problems. It's night and day. They have three good players. That's it. After that, there's a stark drop-off of production. You got Marshawn, you got Bergeron, you got Pasternak, and Pasta's having a bad series. He's not playing well at all. Taylor Hall's struggling. Eric Hall is struggling. Carlo's non-existent. DeBrusque has got some secondary goals and assists. He hasn't playing well. They have nobody. And Craig Smith, Felino, all these guys they brought in to like put them over the edge of Thomas Nozick. The, Tim, what do you expect the Bruins are a one-line team. The second line that was good for the last month and a half of the season, they abandoned that as soon as they got you know, tough sledding. They went back to the perfection line. That's great, but you're never going to win a hockey game, let alone an NHL playoff series with one good line. We're seeing the same thing play out with the Edmonton and L.A. series right now. And Edmonton's playing an L.A. Kings team that is not nearly as good as the Carolina Hurricanes. So, you know, it is what it is. The Bruins tried this year to find some secondary scoring. They tried to fill some holes. They tried to make things work. It didn't work. Their defense is not what it should be. Their forward lines are not where they should be. They, they made some bad signings. They swung and missed on a lot of trades that they wanted to make but didn't come to fruition, and this is where we're at. They've had a good season, and they're putting up an admirable fight in the playoffs. So I thought they would be long gone by now, but they managed to squeak out two games at home. I find that to be more of a case of Carolina maybe not playing up to, up to snuff in those games. But I, I think we're seeing what happens when a seas, a series goes deep. This is going to go to six games. Depth plays a huge part. And Carolina is deep. They can string you out. And they have elite players that, that they come to play every single night. And the Bruins do too, but they just don't have the depth. And you mentioned Tony DelAngelo. Boy, oh, boy, is he, is he incredible. 3 points last night leads the hurricanes with 8 points. Just their power play has been struggling. The first four games they were I don't want to say non-existent, not much zone time, not much movement, just a one and done mentality. They get a shot the bruins clear, that's all. They get stuffed at the blue line, that's it. Not much pressure. The whole night the Carolina Hurricanes power play was it, it was very good. And that was all because of Delangelo. He plays the top. He, he gets the puck around. He's the guy. He, you know, he's facilitating plays. He scores a nice goal from the top. He's given pucks to Jarvis. He's given pucks to Shvetsnikov and to Ajo. He played great. He played absolutely great. And I wonder if the Rangers are sitting there kicking themselves like, oh, maybe we gave up on this guy a little bit too soon because you, you look over at the Rangers team at their back end. You're like, oh my gosh, we had Adam Fox. Okay. Norris trophy winner. After that, like, who, who else do we have to, to control the puck? Schneider's not playing really well. Jake Truba, he's a physical guy. And then we got some young guys. It would be nice if we had another guy like Adam Fox to, you know, take the load off him a little bit. And the Rangers would be a completely different team if they had Delangelo back there. So it's, it was a good series. I feel like this series should have been hey, five games, but now you're it, ta- it was fun while it lasted. You're talking about the series in past tense.
0: Like, there's not more hockey to play. Let's, uh, I won't stand for that. I well, they I have, have to have play a Game
1: Six. Yes, I, I understand. In they Boston, have to play Game Six. In Boston, here's
0: the big, here's the big question. Swayman has played pretty well last night. I don't, I don't really pin on him. He's played not incredible, but he's played pretty well. He's still a young goalie. He's never played four starts in a row before. Do you start him for Game Six? Do you give it back to if It's a big question mark, and that's not a decision that I envy having to make from Bruce Cassidy. What do you? Who would you go with?
1: Easy decision with Swayman. I don't think any of those goals last night were his fault. I think he played pretty strong. I don't think you can fault Jeremy Swayman on that loss. You got to throw him back in the lineup, even if it is his first time ever as a professional to play four games in a row. You got to go back to him. If you play Allmark and he loses. You're, you're going to get fired. He lost the yeah. first game, two games. Like Swayman's two and one. He's clawed, carried them back into this series. You have to play Swayman. You have to just go back to the well. You put McAvoy out there. You play McAvoy 36 minutes. You play the perfection line, 30 minutes. And you just try to get these guys to get you to a game seven. You don't play your third and fourth line. You just – you play the junk out of your stars in game six. You have to. You get last change. You get the matchups. You 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 have to take advantage of this situation. Maybe they can go to game seven. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know which way I'm going to go. But it it was it was not a good game five for the Bruins. No, nothing worked. There was nothing that went good for them. Even their goal to – break the shutout was a bad goal, Connor Clifton. It kind of just snuck between Auntie Rantz's legs. And what a turnaround he's had. He's played great, Anti Arantz. He wasn't tested much, but he played good. You know, he, he did what he had to do in the Hurricanes, just stayed. like – they look like a top-seeded team. They, like, in a, in a stacked Eastern Conference, they were near the top, at the top for most of the season. So this is what you would expect. The fact that this is going to six games, it's it's – It speaks volumes to how well the Bruins played in Boston. So good for them. And I I know it's past tense. I'm I'm speaking of them like they're already gone, but they had a good run, Tim. They had a good run. Right? As a Bruins fan, are you happy if they lose in six games?
0: No, of course not. Of course not. You want them to win the Stanley Cup? Of course I do. Of course I I do. But I'm 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 a neutral hockey observer now.
1: You're a professional Uh, analyst. Yeah. Let's move
0: on. I'm done. I'm done with these guys.
1: You're done with them. We'll see you next year. Bruins. All right. Another huge two, two game. I'm going to say it three more times. The Leafs and the lightning. This is the sexiest matchup in the NHL right now. I think going into round one, everybody wanted to watch these two teams they were the most evenly matched. They play a similar style of hockey. The Lightning, obviously, won the last two Stanley Cups and the Toronto Maple Leafs are the Toronto Maple Leafs. They get a lot of ink, so people want to know what they're doing. What a series this has been. It's, it's just been a great series. The first four games, swings back and forth, like we talked about last, last show, like a yo-yo. What were we going to get for game five? Gosh, after the first 10 minutes, I was like, here we go again. The Lightning are just jumping out of front. They're 2-0. They're looking great. Jack Campbell, those two goals that he got, you know, past them looked shaky, didn't look good. Maybe should have had one of them, arguably could have had both of them. The lightning were clipping. I think the shots at one point were like 15 to 6, 11 to 3, something crazy. I know it was 2-0 and the shots were 8 to 1. And I was like, this is just a clone of last game. Are, are we going to be in for one again where they go up 5-rip? The Leafs are different, Tim. I, I will give them props where they deserve some, some props because they did not panic. They did not fold they did not give up. and you know why is because Jack Campbell for somehow he pulled up his bootstraps and he played great. He played fantastic. Tampa Bay had a five on three he made some lights out saves Nick Paul had a couple of breakaways. he had made some fantastic saves. Kucherov missed a wide open net that could have put the, sealed the game made a three nothing. He made some great great saves and the Leafs come back and they went four to three. I think it's solely not solely, but a big part of it was because Jack Campbell, played terrific after giving up those first two goals. Now there's a couple big other keys to this game, and this might parlay into game six and seven. So far, John Tavares has been a no-show in this series. Willie Nylander, aside from the two garbage goals and the seven to three drubbing, has been a complete no-show. Those two guys looked good last night, Tim. What did you think? Did, were they the the key to this game? Because we know what Matthews and Martyr are going to give you at home. They're going to get good matchups. They're going to play good. To me, the key was getting that second line going. Tavares, Nylander, getting them off to Schneid if you have any chance of winning this series. How did you see this game play out?
0: Yeah, I think you covered it well, and you have to give credit for Nylander and Tavares for bouncing back because we were pretty critical of them, I'm sure – they were they were hearing that all over the city. So I think they responded pretty well last night. And the Stars were their best players. You got goals from the four goals last night. Tavares, Riley, Nylander, and the game winner from Matthews. That's what you want from that lineup. That's what you pay them to do. So I think, you know, when, when they lose, those are the guys we look at. But when they win, that's what we want to look at, too. Those are the leaders. And I think they responded really well last night, especially considering the start they had. They were down 2 nothing. They were down at the end of the second period, too. And they managed to bounce back. So um yeah a lot of credit to them big win at home and it was a surprise like you said at the end of that first period two nothing a really really ugly period for the Leafs it was like okay this is this is it this is the series now that the Tampa Bay has taken over and they battled back so I'm still not quite ready to say this is the different Leafs team but they looked pretty good last night uh and you got to give credit to Jack Campbell as well so good for them
1: and some uncharacteristic bad play by Tampa Bay uh, even even the game winner when Matthews gets that rebound off of a Marner shot, that's a Ryan McDonough turnover. He, he's trying to get the red line. He's trying to dump it in. Maybe trying to do too much, and and he turns it over. But to compound that, the three forwards on the on the ice, Colton, Paul, and Hagel, they were already on the forecheck. You you have to assume something bad's going to happen, especially when you're out versus at least first line, you can't just be all in on the offense. You have to have a guy back. If you see McDonough going for that red line, it, it was that's, that's a mistake you don't usually see from Tampa Bay. So who knows? Maybe they're starting to show some chinks in their armor, the Tampa Bay team, where we saw we thought they were just like infallible. They they were this perfect team that never makes mistakes. Vasilevsky, pretty leaky rebound for the final goal. I know it was a good shot by Marner, but we we don't see that from Vazzy very much. Usually those either those get kicked out into the neutral zone or he's sticky and and you don't get anything. So, you know, maybe Tampa Bay this this could be Toronto's year. What do you is is this going to seven Tim like we like we predicted it has to, right? I think it has to. There's no
0: way Tampa lets loses this at home and then you get to game 7. Oh. You got Mr. Game 7 between the fives for Tampa. So oh it's crazy to say that the team that's down you still think is going to win, but I think we might be there with this series, you know.
1: I think there's a couple series where I think the team's down 3 to 2 that has the that is has the upper hand and we're going to get to the next one, but I I mentioned it last show. Tampa Bay is 16 wins and zero losses after a loss in the playoffs in the last three years. You know, that is that is a huge stat. It's a massive stat. So I think they bounce back. They're in Tampa Bay. They get last change, which in this series is crucial. It's absolutely crucial. If you can shut down Marners and Matthews, which they did in game three and four, the guys got absolutely skunked. We're going back to Toronto. And then it's just going to be holy moly. Like, can you write it up any better than this? Game seven – in Toronto, facing Tampa Bay, can you exercise the demons if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs? But I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Maybe they just go out and just destroy Tampa Bay tomorrow night. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll analyze it when we get to it, Tim.
0: You know what? That's almost like if they both get to game seven, them and the Bruins game, I think I might watch the Toronto game. Like I think it would be that good of hockey and that, much, that impactful of a storyline that it would be better worth my time, even though I root for the Bruins. Just because incredible. Feed.
1: Toronto's got better cameras, better announcers, better everything. They do a great job. I mean, it's it's top notch out of Toronto. Boston's just ticky tack. It's garbage.
0: Well, uh, yeah, but I'm watching on ESPN Plus though. I don't what have do the Bruins down here.
1: We don't. They're not a sponsor anymore. You don't have to pump them anywhere. Watch wherever <laughs> you want. It doesn't have to be ESPN Plus. <laughs> That's all I got, uh, man. <laughs> I don't even have a TV. It's a lifestyle choice. So you know, it's it's what it's how I live. I live at one day at a time. All right, Blues and Wild. Another game, another two-two tie, another crucial game five. We're in Minnesota. I was expecting, I was expecting more from the Minnesota Wild. They started great. You know, they go down early, one nothing. Another St. Louis power play goal. St. Louis is power play. All they do is score on the power play. Of this team. I think it was their sixth power play goal this series. For whatever, the Wild's PK has been bad all season. It's carried over into the playoffs. If they lose this series. Ding, ding. That's why. Garbage PK. Absolutely terrible. They give up another goal. Kaprizov says, come on, boys. Jump on my back. Uh, I'll I'll get you back. And he answers with two power play goals of his own. Just a a second one. He has no business shooting that shot. And he just, (laughs) no business. Like, he's got two guys on him. He's at the bottom of the circle. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to put this one short side shelf. I got this. Don't worry about it, boys. It's 2-0 Minnesota. And they're absolutely flying. They're all over him. Folino just buries Jordan Cairo. They, they're all over him. Jordan Bennington played great. You got to give that guy some props for, for what he has gone through the last couple years. The adversity from being at such a high, being the hero in St. Louis to win that Stanley Cup in 2019, signing the big contract, and then just being average at best the last few years, all the ink has got about how bad he is, what a bad signing, how it sunk the team. Is he the goaltender? Then you get this Billy Hustle guy in here who's just playing out of this world. What do we do at the trade deadline? Hustle's a UFA. Who do we want to keep Binnington signed long-term? Nobody wants him because he's a piece of garbage. What's going to happen? All of that is, is constant for Jordan Binnington to be able to step in in game four, win game four, step in game five, win game five. And play great because Minnesota in game four and game five, in my mind, was the better team. Up until the third period when St. Louis took the lead, Minnesota was the dominant team. And that was striking to me. Once St. Louis got that 3-2 goal, Minnesota just shut it down. I don't know what happened. Did you watch this game at all? Because for me, I was expecting more out of the wild. I was expecting some kind of pushback, some kind of just answer for a 3-2 goal. They had played so well up until that point, And then it was just like, Nothing St. Louis scores that goal to make it three, two. And then they just, the, the air was sucked out of the whole arena. Even it was, it was very strange.
0: Yeah, I think it was a low-energy kind of response there that you, you don't want to see from Minnesota, especially from home. But the Blues, are, I think, are just that good. They're so deep. They're so responsible. They have all those players that can score, but they none of them are going to like hurt you on either end of the ice. And I think that's what we saw last night. Barubi even said, there's a great quote from him, said, our, our team is built to go deep into games and deep into playoffs and deep into the series. You know, that's where we're at. Today was a good example. We're down 2-1. to one. We went out and capitalized and got it done. These guys have been here before. I think there's a little bit where you see, like like you said with the other series, the deeper the series goes, the more you're going to see the, the deeper teams and the stronger teams shine out. And so far, that's what we saw last night. And now they're going have a chance to go back to home to close it out. Do you think they do it? Do you think Minnesota forces game seven? I
1: think Minnesota forces seven. I think Minnesota still wins this series. I think they've been the better team. You every do? Single game. I, I do. I think they've been the better team. When you when you total up the periods, when you total up the amount of time, this and that, the the projected goals for the expected goals, Minnesota is okay. ahead in every single stat. The Corsi, the Fenwick, the this, the that, the that, the that, the that. Minnesota is is better team across the board, except for special teams. So if they can clean that up, one thing that I that I took issue with. So Minnesota, the deadline, they go out, they get Nick Deloria. That's great. He, he's he been a huge part for them. But uh, they get Marc-Andre Fleury. He's been great. They get Jacob Middleton. He comes in. He's expected to be a physical, strong, stay-at-home shutdown defenseman. He play, you know, he's been playing great hockey. Did you see the game-winning goal by any chance? When it, w- it was a half-hearted dump-in from St. Louis, Jacob Middleton just watches the puck go by him. Barbashev is forechecking, rightfully so. He's trying to hound the puck. Middleton's got half a zone on him, and he just lets Barbashev go right past him and pick the puck up. It was, it was the strangest play I've ever seen in a playoff game in the third period when the score is tied two to two, and you're a six foot four defenseman who plays rugged and hard. Why are you scared to go back for this puck? I don't understand. He doesn't take one hard stride. Barbashev's the puck gets chipped in. Barbashev just skates right by him. Middleton just is on his hip. Barbashev throws the puck out in front, and Tarasenko scores the game-winning goal. Middleton's a good defenseman. I I don't know what happened there. I have no idea what he was thinking. But these are the little things. Like, that's going to cost him a series, potentially. That one lapse... That one just, maybe he was, I'm tired, I am you know, maybe my D partner will get this one. Oh, nothing's going to happen. Fleury's going to get it and throw it around. You can't assume things in the NHL, and you especially can't assume them in the playoffs. You have to go and get that stinking puck and get it around the boards or eat it or do something. Don't let that guy get it and throw it out front. It's It was a goal that should never have happened. And this is what I mean by Minnesota is the better team. Then they give up a stupid goal like that. That goal should never have happened. It's such an easy play for him to just pivot, go and get the puck, and just rip around the boards. Then you're out of the zone. Bingo, bingo, bongo. It's 2-2, two, two, and you move on. But now then they're down 3-2. Tarasenko scores one. The next shift, you're down 4-2, and the game's over 5-2, and he gets a natural hat trick with the empty netter. That's it. Then that could be the series because he doesn't make that one play. And maybe that's a little dr- dramatic, but that's – how else do you want to read that? He should have gotten back to the puck. It's a terrible play by Jacob Middleton. Awful play from a defenseman who was brought in to solidify this already good Minnesota defensive group. And now he just did plays like that. Did you watch it?
0: Yeah, I've been watching it on a loop since you, since you brought it up. And you're right. Like that's a hard play to that's a hard to watch. It reminds me of the Neilander play from the other night, where it's right? just like. But 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 it's worse because like this is this is what you're here for. Yeah, you're like that's this is why we brought you in. You know what I mean? And and the fact that he's he slows down and lets Bobbershov get there first is. You're right. You're right. Except I don't agree that the Minnesota has been the better team though. I think I think a lot of the Blues have looked really good. So I. I, like I said, I picked them to win it all. Not win it all. Win the series, and I think I feel I feel pretty good about that.
1: They are a deep team, like you said. They had the most. They had most guys in the NHL with twenty or more goals, with nine. So they know how to put pucks in the net. They're they're a good team. I do see Minnesota bouncing back. I want this to go to seven. I, I want all of these games to go to seven. I think the Canes, Bruins, well, maybe not that one, but yeah, the Blues and Wild, we we deserve a game seven. And if if you're Minnesota, if you're the GM Billy Garen, if you're the coach. Who's your goaltender? Cam Talbot played great down the stretch. You bring in first ballot Hall of Famer, Mark-Andre Fleury. No, he hasn't been playing that great. He hasn't given up many bad goals. Most of the goals have been deflections or power plays or rebounds or this and that. Who are you going with game six, Tim?
0: I think I might go with Talbot, only because like he he was their guy for most of the year. And even after they brought Fleury in, Calbot still got the bulk of the game down the stretch. So I was a little surprised. That they they put Flurry in and he's played he's played pretty well but he's letting in more than three goals a game and against the Blues that's just you gotta you gotta be a little bit better than that so I don't know I I think I might go with Talbot here what do you think
1: it's gonna be Flurry yeah you're wrong. you're wrong you you can't just throw Talbot in you can't you 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 brought Flurry in for a reason and you brought him in to win you a Stanley Cup you can't just jump ship he hasn't been playing bad I think to change the goalie right now you got to have some. Cajones on you like you got to have a set and you got to just stand by your decision because that is if you change goaltenders for a game six you're basically putting your job in that goaltender's hands because if that game and that goalie stinks you lose like you lose your job you're out that's that's a bad decision if I'm a coach I'm sticking with flurry and if they lose you go hey man uh, the GM brought him in I got to play him what do you want me to do he's he's a first ballot hall of famer it comes to self-preservation at that moment, even though Cam Talbot might be the better choice because Cam's a good goaltender. All right, the last one, Kings and Oilers. I never thought we would get to this point. And this is a series that I thought would be done already. I thought based on the regular season record, based on how they were going into the playoffs, just based on a lot of things, the Oilers would be ready for this series. Boy, was I wrong, Tim. You know, they've had a couple of good games where they've blown the Kings out. That was great. But those don't matter. You win a game 8 nothing. You win a game 5-2. You win a game this and that. Who cares? You still are down three games to two going into game six in L.A., mind you. But we'll break down game five first. You think he – what the hell happens – it's the most crucial game of the season if you're an Oilers player, right? You've gone through yep. years of just futility. You're frustrated. You want to let it all out. And you're going to the Kings are going to have it. You're at home, the fans are crazy. It's a sea of orange jerseys everywhere. You go out and lay an absolute egg in the first period. Like you you're so bad, you're being outshot 16 to 5 by an LA Kings team that I know you, they're good. They're good. They're not great. There are probably twelve to thirteen to fourteen other teams in the playoffs right now that are better than the LA Kings, right? Yep. Maybe twelve. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll allow it. And you're being outshot sixteen to five in the first period, and you go down, and you're and you're lucky. You're only losing one nothing. You're lucky. What to break down this game because I get so frustrated watching this Tim. I'm going to start swearing. I don't want to do that. It's so frustrating watching these Oilers. It's absolutely frustrating to no end. All right, wh- what happened in this game 5 Tim?
0: <laughs> John, you want to take a walk? You need a pot of coffee or something? I do. I, um, I,
1: I do. It's so it's so maddening, and I'm not even an Oilers fan. It's so yeah. Maddening.
0: So, yeah, 16-5, to five, the, the shots in the first period, which is not good. You have, you're going home. You have a chance to do it. Like you said, the building's rocking, and you just lay an egg in the first period. So they're, they're lucky to be down only one nothing at that point. But they did battle back. They were down 4-2 um, to two in the third period. They kind of forced their way back into the game with two goals from Leon Title. A lot of um, uh, special teams goals last night. They had a couple power play goals. Drysdale scored on the um, shorthanded goal. And so, all of a sudden, it's tied up. You're forcing overtime, and that's this is where they should be able to, to shine. You got the star power in the overtime, um, and then Kempe score. And it's a really interesting play, too, because the playoffs are really about it's the little things, right? It's, you got to do the little things well. You got to do the basic things well, because when you don't and you, and you make a mistake, you know the other team's going to capitalize. And that's what we saw with this overtime goal. You yeah, have the no line from LA had a really strong kit shift and it pinned the Oilers in their own zone for more than a minute. It's like they were on the power play. The Oilers were gassed, they were winded, they finally get a chance to break it out, but they don't gain the red line, they don't get the puck deep, and there's a turnover forced the other way. Oilers players are totally out of their breath. You can see Kempe, who's a fresh change, come out with a burst of speed. And he's you know he's they're gassed when he's beating McDavid, right? Like McDavid, it was a step, a couple of steps behind him. And then McDavid trails off to he, he slows off to let the defenseman get his guy, because that's not really his guy anymore. Um, and I forget who the defenseman was, but he Duncan gets burned Keith. on the – Duncan Keith gets burned uh, wide. He gets burned wide, can't be, you know, come bring it back onto his strong side and beat Smith for the overtime goal. And that's the little things where you don't you – know, you get pinned in your own zone. You're not able to get it deep. You force a turnover, and all of a sudden the game's over and the series is over. So this is – that's tough to live with if you're the Oilers.
1: You know, it, it was just from start to finish, the Oilers were the worst team. Their their roster is not built well. They they're about every every weakness that that we think they might have had is just being amplified in these playoffs. And they're playing, like I mentioned, an LA Kings team that has no business being here. They're they're a solid team. They're very, very good. They have some good pieces. fall has been playing great. bay has been playing very well. The Deneau line has been the best line this series, in my opinion. They have some good players. Athanasius scored a nice goal from a nice brown feed. They, they, they're okay. They should win this series, but their, their holes are so massive on Edmonton that they're just being exposed left and right. The back end for the Edmonton Oilers, Darnell Nurse has played garbage all, see, all season. All series, not all season, all series. Duncan Keith and Evan Bouchard are just getting exposed. Whenever LA, whenever L.A. wants to. Duncan gets beat wide on the last goal. He turns the puck over, I think, for the Kings' second goal. They come right down their throw on the Athanasio goal, Athanasius goal I mentioned. Evan Bouchard sucks. Kulak and Barry are useless. Cody Cece is just bad. Darnell Nurse is always hemmed in his own zone. The only reason why the L.A. Kings are even in this series is because of 97 and 29. Does it sound familiar? Does, does that sound like something I've said before or people have said before or people have been saying for the last, I don't know, five years? Well, like, what are we doing here? I feel, can, can we just go back and cut one part from 15 different podcasts we've done talking about w- why the Oilers are where they're at? I did a, a show with the Nation Network, the guys from Edmonton before the season. They were all jacked up. They were so excited. This is our year. We got Zach Hyman. We got Zach. We got Warren Fogle. The Nuge is going to play third line center. We're going to have McDavid, Ryan, Settle, Nugent, Hopkins—the best, best three centermen in the league. Bing, Bing, Bing. How are you going to match that? Yamamoto is going to have a breakout year. It's going to be fantastic. Paul Viare is going to—he's done. He's—he's had some seasoning. He's ready to—you know—break out. We got—we got a Stanley Cup champion, Duncan Keith. He's going to come in and solidify things. Yeah, I know Larson didn't want to come back and we let him go. We let Ethan Bear go, and he's a young defenseman who's just coming into his own. I get that. I get that. It's, it's fine. That's fine. What, what is going on? The, every weakness that we I, I mentioned at the beginning of the season, well, they have no depth. And who are their wingers? Who's going to score goals other than McDavid and Dreinsaitl? Yamamoto's been okay. Hyman's been okay. they got Ryan McLeod, Josh Archibald, Fogle and Cassian and Ryan. Evander Kane's put up some goals this But you have nobody else, nobody else to back end. These guys are terrible and they make a gazillion dollars. And then the biggest one is like the, the goaltender and Mike Smith's been playing pretty stinking good for a 41 year goaltender. They're done. They're done. They're, They're done. They're absolutely done. And then, yeah, to, to put the cherry on the top, Connor McDavid does what Connor McDavid does. I mentioned it last show, didn't I? He, he gives up on plays. He turns pucks over. He overextend himself when he tries to do too much. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. He's like, it's overtime. Who, who else is going to score but me or 29? We go down four to two. I have to put the team on my back and set up Drein Seidel for the game-tying goal. And I score one. And I set up Cassian for another goal. And I score another. He does everything on this stinking team. He does everything. He's probably doing the team's laundry right now. He does everything. Nobody else does a thing on this team. So I don't blame him for over overextending himself. I don't blame him for turning the puck over. Who else is going to do anything? Nobody will. Nobody. This is the Edmonton Oilers. They are a two-trick pony. And if those two guys can't do it, nobody else is going to because nobody else can. Nobody else is going to do it. I am I am so shocked that they're down three to two right now. I, I thought they were going to have more pushback. They were going to have more help. They're going to have more of this. Now they're going to be too much for the LA Kings, but I was wrong. I was wrong. Now we're going back to LA. We're down three to two. And then look at, I'm like rooting for Edmonton. I'm saying we're down. I want Edmonton to win. They're down three to two. Now LA gets to go home. Johnny quick looked great. He looked pretty strong. He's flying all over the ice flopping and acrobats and stick was going and bodies. Are you easy? He's looking really strong. LA Kings are looking fast. They're looking like the fresher team. They're looking like the younger team. Dustin Brown's got another step in him that I didn't know he had. So, goodness gracious, Tim. – okay, let's do all four of them. We're all going into game six. Before we get to the games tonight, this is not part of the points bet. I just want to know, of these four series, how many are going to go to game seven, in your opinion? Um – one I think three of them will. Three of them? The poor Bruins just can't catch a break. You think, three, no, I, no, think no. I think three or I think three will go to seven as well. <coughs> I think there's gonna be a bunch of game sevens. It's gonna be exciting, but gosh, it's frustrating. This game should not go to game seven, the Kings and the Oilers. It shouldn't. This series should be over. The Oilers should have already put them away. But they didn't, and this oh, man, they lucked out getting the Kings in the first round. If they're playing any other team, any other team, they're out already the way they've been playing. So, yes, I mentioned the games tonight. One series already done. We didn't even touch on Colorado beat Nashville. Oopsie. I picked Nashville in that series. I did it just to contrast you. So don't get all up uppity. Like, Oh, I'm better than you. You're not better than me. I just did it just because I wanted to make it, make a difference between us, Tim.
0: When we posted our picks last week and uh, we each had our picks and I picked LA by the way, and I'm reading the comment right now. LA is a bad pick, Tim. I would love to see it, but it's just not happening. Mm-mm-mm. You learned. You're going to learn. I
1: would love to see it. I don't think LA is going to win still. Well, I'm uh, Maybe I do now. All right, let's do the picks tonight. We got a little points, but I went two for two last or two and two last night. I was very excited when I saw, okay, I was like, the Leafs came back. They get the win. The Hurricanes win. I'm going to sweep. I'm going to 4-0 and tonight. I'm going to win some people some money and stinking Edmonton and stinking Minnesota blow it for me. But I did go 2-2, two and two, so you should have just broke even. Now we got three games tonight. Two games, notched up at two apiece. One game is a must win for the New York Rangers. If only had Tony Delangelo, that'd be fantastic. It's in Pittsburgh, Tim. The Penguins, are they going to close this thing out? I
0: don't think it's in Pittsburgh. It's in New York.
1: It's in New York. That's what I said. Are the Penguins going to close this thing out (sighs) in New York at the Madison Square Garden? The guy, and well,
0: Shesterkin is not playing well, he has been pulled twice in a row now, but I think he does have a bounce back game. I like the Rangers tonight. What about you? Oh gosh. He,
1: that Pittsburgh It's family. impossible
0: to predict this, any of these games now. It's, it's impossible, insane. but I
1: tell you what, like the fountain of youth, they must have something in, in Pittsburgh because that Crosby-Gensel-Rust line, they're incredible. Crosby's got nine points. Gensel's got five goals. They're playing absolutely lights out. I think the Rangers will win tonight, but I think Pittsburgh wins the series. But yeah, we're going to go back to Pittsburgh for Game Six tonight. I agree with you. I I think, I think the Rangers are—they have to win a game. They have to. They absolutely have to. Right? Capitals, Panthers—they're two-two. Tim somehow, the President's Trophy-winning team and a bunch of old guys—they just threw pads on and threw them out on the ice. The Washington Capitals—they're tied two-two. Now they're in Florida for Game Five. It's a best-of-three. Panthers have home ice. Who you taking tonight, Florida or Washington?
0: Oh man, how do we get to this point? I don't know. Um, Give me the caps. Give me the caps. Oh my god,
1: <laughs> he's going for it. I'm going Florida. I can't let Washington win. I can't. I'm taking Washington. That's where you're wrong, Tim. All right, Stars and Flames again. My Stanley Cup contender before this, before the playoffs. I thought the Flames are going to roll this series. I thought it was going to be close but I thought it was going to be four close games. Flames would win every one, but no, nope, here we are. Captain America, Joe Pavelski is just putting on a show. He's got three goals, four points, which four points leads the series. He's number one for the series in points with four. Some guys get four points in one game in these other series. The scores are out of this world, not this series. Two, one, one, nothing, three, one. It's, it's a low scoring battle here with Jared Ottinger and that. He's unbelievable. Every goaltender, their name starts with a J. Name one really quick that doesn't.
0: Tristan, Jerry. Oh wait, this is Jay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't All know. Right. Do you got?
1: The stars or the flames, Tim?
0: Uh, I like the stars tonight.
1: Okay, I like the flames. So if you want to win, you go with me. If you want to lose, I think you know who to go with. But anyways, if you want to have fun, check us out on Friday, everybody. I hope you had a good week, and we'll talk to you. Oh, we didn't do ads. Go to DoorDash. Get some food. You know the promo codes. You've listened before. All right, everybody. I'll talk to you later. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.